I think goal setting in principle is a fundamentally important element to anybody wanting to make a growth in their life, a change in their life, a transformation in their life, uh, building a new business, starting a new relationship, you know, being a parent. You have to have something to aim towards. And if goal setting is the language you want to use for it, fantastic. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life. Practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. Hi, it's Harms here and I'm with Ro again for another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. And today, the question we want to be talking about, and it's quite an ideal time in the year to be talking about this because there's a reflective state and there's also a time in the year where we're looking forward into the next year. So the question is how to achieve what you want in 2020. So how do you achieve what you want in 2020? And the the way we're going to answer this is to talk about goal setting and potentially using goal setting as a way to achieve what you want in 2020. But let's start with a contrarian approach to this question. Goal setting is uh, widely spoken about. It's been spoken about for many years in a business sense, in a personal spe- uh, personal sense uh, for those property entrepreneurs that we're connected with. You know, often you start the year with a plan to buy X houses. Uh, And then you go out into that year and do your best to go achieve that because that was your goal at the start of the year. But Ro, um, having worked in this sector for decades now, uh, 30 years in in the world of personal development, goal setting, coaching people, transforming people's lives we're talking about audiences of 300 400 500 plus audiences that you've been in front of what are your criticisms with goal setting so we know there's lots of pro talk about it but what are your criticisms about goal setting and i guess the question to start with is does it really work thanks harms and thank you all for listening in on this this is a really important subject and although we're recording it in 2019 going into 2020 i would say think of this as an evergreen recording you might be listening to this in three or four or five years time from now but the content will still be the same it's still as much value to you whenever you listen to it and we you know we set a goal funnily enough to record this and unfortunately with me traveling a lot at the moment we're actually in denmark we're staying in a place so you might hear some of my family in the background but we we made a decision to see that goal through which is why we're recording this right now um the other thing is well i want to just touch on this subject you, you mentioned about being in front of two three hundred people actually over the years my audiences have been a lot smaller than that and a lot bigger than that 
but the common theme is that people want to achieve something. So whether it's I'm in front of a group of 10 people, but they have something they want to achieve, or whether it's 10,000 people, that group of 10,000 still want something they want to achieve. And so goal setting historically on a one-to-one basis, on a group basis, has been the, the mechanism by which people have said, right, I want to get to this result. What's the best way to get there? I know I'll set goals. But the challenge with that is, and my biggest criticism is for a lot of people, they set the goals based on what we call, what I call ego setting, meaning they do it. Well, maybe that's not completely correct. I would say some people, when they're setting goals at the beginning of the year or at the start of a business or the start of a project, they will do it driven by this need to want to prove something, to build something big, to create something amazing and to prove to other people that that is potentially dangerous because the concept of setting goals around your ego ultimately means that you're going to work towards trying to prove yourself right or prove yourself bigger than you are right now but the danger to that is you end up just trying to compete as opposed to doing something out of passion does this make sense harms i'm just i'm trying to get across a message which that makes sense yeah may not understand because we asked the question because i asked the question of you row is what are your criticisms because we uh, and, mm. I, and does it really work? So just from that, I've written something down is so one of the biggest criticisms is when people approach the subject of goal setting and they're sitting down to do their goals, they don't goal set, they ego set. So yes. that's a, 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 yes. a phrase I wrote down, listen to what you've said. So they don't goal set, they ego set. Yeah. I think that's something we want to help listeners who are listening to this podcast right now not fall into the trap of ego setting, but instead do goal setting in a way that uh, will allow them to achieve everything they put down on paper. Is that fair? Yeah. And I think so, you know, somebody might counter argue with me and say, well, hold on a minute. How do I know if it's an ego set or a goal set? Because surely they're the same thing. Well, well, okay. So for example, if you have an absolute passion to help people who are in financial difficulties, maybe people that are working, uh, people on the street and you want to work in a charity environment where you can go and feed children, feed people that are homeless, give them a chance to get back on their feet, possibly put a, sh- a roof over their heads. That's a beautiful goal to set for the year. You might say, well, I'd like to help feed 200 people over this next year by going out, taking some of the money that I've earned, giving up some time to do that. Whereas an ego set might be going around telling everybody, yeah, I'm setting up this massive charity. What we're going to do is we're going to we're going to take a thousand people per month off the streets. And what we're going to do is we're going to absolutely blow it out there. No one's ever created anything like this. I'm going to absolutely make sure that we feed all these people get them back onto an education program and you go out and you tell people that, but it's coming from a place of, I want to do this and I want to do that. It becomes less about the beautiful cause, which is to help people that are genuinely homeless and maybe need help versus this is about me and how big I'm going to build this. Does that distinction make make sense? That makes sense because ultimately the goal is the same there, but it's the way that the goal is presented and spoken about is an indicator on where it's actually coming from. Is it coming from a pure place or is it coming from a place of ego? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's one of the areas to be mindful of when goal setting. I think the other thing is that people set goals that are maybe optimistic or over optimistic. So they say this year I'm going to do X, Y, forget the ego for a minute. This is purely because they want to start the project and they want to have this massive result they want to achieve. They tend to try and compress that goal into a shorter period of time. So they become over optimistic about what they can achieve in such a compressed space of time. I had this conversation with somebody earlier this year who wanted to be a speaker and they were saying, yeah, OK, so it's January now 
I'd like to be up and speaking professionally by March, actually out doing events, three day trainings and starting to deliver those. And I said, OK, to give you some context, typically it can take somebody a year to a year and a half, two years to get to that point. And they were like, yeah, but I'm going to smash it. I said, no, I understand you're looking to smash it. Do you have the time to attend this many weekends before then? Do you have the time to sit and record at least two or three independent speakers, logging the times that they take to actually deliver, logging when their messages are in, the sales messages when they log them, then understanding the dynamics of your audience, understanding the content and the sales element, as well as making sure you manage your emotional state and your timings. Do you have the time to do that in the next three months as well as run your business? And they sort of looked at me with blank eyes. And that's the difference. It's great to have the goal, but unrealistic timeframes is the other thing that I find causes most people to break down with goals. I don't know if you experience that yourself, but certainly for young people, some of my age, we're talking about the, the older age and the younger age here. At 54, I know there's certain things that even if somebody is incredibly capable I just know from experience they're not going to achieve it in the time frame. Whereas somebody your age that hasn't experienced that to start with, you might just assume you can do it. And it's not to take away the dream or steal the dream. It's about making the dream practical and fitting into your own existing lifestyle as well. Again, I'm talking a lot here, but I just want to try and get a point across before we kick into this. Again, I'm asking you the question, Harms, as a, as a millennial, does that make sense? Because you're going to be probably thinking, oh, yeah, but Ro, I can achieve it. I can conquer the world. Yeah. So I, th I think, okay, so when I, when I first started building my uh, property business and then subsequent businesses uh, after that point, about five, six years ago, I, I naturally fell into that mold because there's almost a feeling of, uh, or actually you just don't know all of the things that you're going to come across. So, mm. you know, I, I would set nobody ever discouraged the goals, which was, okay, I want to buy, say, for example, I want to buy 20 houses in 12 months. Okay. That's one of the goals. Um, okay. In our, marketing business we want to turn a revenue of five hundred thousand pound okay so then we're just throwing these goals out there these are examples not they're not the exact figures that we used but i just want to give you some context so when we were setting these goals it was a case of and i say we because I, I have a team around me which is a fantastic team and we'd all goal set together and the challenge was it was great to get that on paper and say okay this is what we're going to do but there was no level of self-awareness there was no level of experience because then once we actually went through that year and we came to the end of the year thinking, oh, my God, now we uh, know why we didn't achieve that £500,000 revenue or the 20 houses, because there's actually a hell of a lot more to do whilst balancing a marriage, potentially if you're a parent, whilst managing the kids, uh, whilst still keeping relationship with friends and family, whilst attending social functions, whilst trying to take care of your health and trying to get a holiday in that year. Mm, OK, maybe yeah. that wasn't a realistic goal. Uh, maybe the time was not realistic. So that's just a personal experience. I've gone through that for multiple years and now we are at a stage where you know time is a big factor as part of all the goals we set and so when somebody yeah. says to me well um okay i think we can do this in a month or I, I think we can nail this in six months time i'm almost agreeing with them because i don't want to crush their dreams but in my head i'm processing it knowing all the things that have to happen in place yes uh, in terms of a timeline so i start to paint a timeline in my mind and say actually let's be realistic that six months maybe should be stretched to a year and a half that's more realistic. So I've personally I, gone through that. And I think the challenge here is that for somebody who's mentoring a younger person, you don't want to piss all over their dreams, but you also need to be pragmatic at the same time. So it's, it's eking out the best quality out of that person and setting those goals in a way that we know that they can be achieved. But it's, it's then managing 
some of the elements we're going to cover in, in the rest of this podcast, which is what needs to be, who needs to be around you and how you're going to manage the time on that. So I think in going back to your first question, which was you know, what are the challenges? I think goal setting in principle is a fundamentally important element to anybody wanting to make a growth in their life, a change in their life, a transformation in their life, uh, building a new business, starting a new relationship, you know, being a parent. You have to have something to aim towards. And if goal setting is the language you want to use for it, fantastic. Be mindful of some of the, the challenges that can happen. And what happens is, as an example, people go off and there's so many different goal setting strategies, techniques, mm. approaches. And over the years, I've studied so many and we'll go through the 10 steps that I like to use, but that doesn't have to mean that everyone has to use these 10 steps. The key thing is you've got to do something that best suits you. We're all different. You know, I'm quite creative by nature. So are you. Uh, however, we know people around us that are incredibly analytical and much more methodical than us in the way they deliver things. So they wouldn't have the, the same vision that we may have, but the detail in their goal setting might be 10 times more than us. So it's there. It's horses for courses. But at the same time, you've got to have somebody accountable with you to make sure that you're achieving those goals, because otherwise we can go down a path and we believe we're getting on in the right place. But actually, we've got nothing to measure against. We've got no one to check in against. So I think the other thing with goal setting is don't just set it and be your own uh, sense check. Don't be your own accountability check. Use someone else around you to make sure that what you set, number one, is realistic, but number two, you're going to achieve it and then to, to hold you accountable to that during the process of that year, the 12 months, the one month, the one week, whatever the goal is set for. That makes sense, Ro. And I just want to come back to one of the questions that um, we we quite haven't covered yet. It's one of the first questions, which is, does it really work? So you know, you've yeah. covered with us some, some challenges that you've seen, some criticisms of current goal setting or things that you see, which really is defined well by people don't goal set, their ego set. But the question uh, that... Uh, I want to answer for the listeners at home who are maybe skeptical about goal setting, you know, putting pen to paper, a vision board and all the potentially stuff that we can talk about in this podcast. But the question is, does it really work? I believe it does. And I think the, the simple reason is this. If you and I got in a, on a ship right now and uh, let's say it's a sailing boat and we, we just start sailing. And after about 10 minutes, you're like, this is amazing, bro. This is fantastic. So where are we going? And I'm like, I don't know. I can clue where we're going. <laughs> get in a boat and go. And you go, yeah, but like it's 10 minutes now. And, you know, I'm thinking maybe we could get to somewhere. We could stop and have some lunch and then maybe sail on somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good idea, Harms. But I just thought we could just sail. Now, that's wonderful for about an hour. But after about an hour's worth of sailing, you're hungry, I'm hungry. We're in the middle of a bloody ocean. Where are we going? So we need some form of reference to move towards. And, and goal settings just simply become the, the term, the language that we label to, to this process. It absolutely works if you do certain things right. It doesn't work if you just become an obsessive goal setter and you overpromise, you underdeliver to yourself as well as to others, which ultimately means that trusts are broken down in two places. The trust in yourself, because you start to question, should I even bother doing this anymore? But trust in other people because they're like, yeah, but you keep setting these goals, but you never get there. Husbands and wives have these conversations all the time. People that come to the seminars that we run and they go, yeah, my wife keeps telling me, why are you going to this training again? Or my husband keeps telling me, why are you going to another training? 
How many have you been to? Oh, I must have been to at least 12 this year. Okay. And how have you moved forward from those trainings? I haven't really got as much done as I was hoping to. So that's probably why your trust has been broken with your partner, because you keep saying you're going to do this, but you're not seeing it through. So it works as long as you follow a system and you check in and you're accountable and you've got some way of measuring it. It doesn't work if you just keep randomly setting goals because it makes you feel good, which goes back to ego setting again. That makes sense. So you touched on a few points there, which I which I wanted to cover as well, which is you started to identify some of the common mistakes people make mm. when goal setting. So you spoke about system accountability. And I think um, you said you mentioned that you're going to cover 10 steps that of a process that you like to use. So I'm really curious about that. So I want to I'm going to be taking notes alongside this. So we can cover that in a moment. But before we get into the actual process that we like to work and maybe listeners at home can try. Let's give them some things and things to avoid or be careful of. So we know that ego setting is one to be careful of. Yeah, uh, we, we know that not using a system is one to be careful of, not ha- having accountability. But are there any other common mistakes that you've seen uh, with people who've attended in your audiences? And I know your audiences have been from Actually, you know, I know I said it was hundreds of people, but actually your, your largest audience have been in the tens of thousands where your smallest audience has been in tens. So you've had that level of experience and had lots of people ask you questions. So what are the common mistakes that you see people make when goal setting? Even if you can cover a couple of these. But, you know, the nice thing as well, when it, when it comes to numbers, even if it's one to one, an individual human being can still make the same mistakes as a collective group of people as well. So a classic example is I sat about a year or two ago with a couple in an Indian restaurant. Now, he has a beard and she is an ex-accountant <laughs> and um, you know she's beautiful. She's got a great, lovely energy. And she's probably been saying these things to her husband for a while, but he hadn't heard it. But this particular conversation was, was where the person I was talking to had become financially free and then decided to start about five different businesses around the same time. I was wondering why he was struggling a bit with managing his time. I don't know who that could be, though. Arnie. If you're listening at home, I have no idea who Rose is talking about. None whatsoever. <laughs> so so I guess the first one, and you can talk to this space because you were there. Maybe you could explain to us as a millennial why that is, because I think somebody my age would not have done what you did simply because of years of experience under the belt. But overwhelm, that's, that's the phrase I want to use, is taking on too much, setting too many goals, trying to do it from a place of ego, but also from a place of just, you know what, I want to achieve, I want to grow, I want to expand, I want to get to another place quickly. My life isn't where I want it to be, or my life is good, but I want to get to another level. In your case, it was good, but you wanted to take it to another level. Overwhelm is is incredibly destructive because what happens is you end up firefighting instead of achieving the results in your goals that you set. So you get to the end of a year, you feel very tired, very, very exhausted, and, and you feel like you've been very busy, but you haven't really progressed forward. So that's one of the dangers of oversetting goals. But I want to come back and reflect it back on you. What happened there? Because we had dinner and, and it became quite clear as I, and I, I just asked you coaching questions and then you started to describe your world at that time. Yeah, and I think you've nailed it with the word overwhelm. So we were in the place of overwhelm. Uh, I say we, as I was in the place of overwhelm. And this, the scenario is then, we, I couldn't see on paper that overwhelm was a word screaming out to me. But instead, I was building my goals based on, number one is ambition. Look, I wanted to do lots. I've mm. just you know stepped out of a career place. 
I, I saw lots of opportunity around me. I wanted to grab as much as I can. But that was also partly linked, you know, as part of the coaching questions. That was also partly linked by uh, a potential. And this is where the ego plays in. And sometimes you're not aware of the ego uh, unless somebody asks you a certain question like you did Rowan. And the ego sort of says, actually, is this coming from a place that I'm truly passionate about these projects? Or is this coming from a place of uh, comparing myself to others or just chasing financial wealth? So some of the goals on that list, you know, when we started to describe all the things that we, we were starting or being involved in, they were driven from a place of ego, which is typically uh, I'm just chasing this particular project because it's wealth orientated. It's going to make me some money. That's not a bad thing. But if if all five projects on the piece of paper are all chasing money, then that's a problem. That's where overwhelm can, can, can play yeah. a factor. Uh, and number two is comparing myself to other people. And not necessarily directly, but more from a place of inspiration. So uh, there's two ways to compare yourself to other people. One is to feel shit about your life, you know, and I don't I have I'm lucky I just wide in a way that I don't uh, really fall into that category. But that is very common. And another way is to be inspired by the people and then mm -hmm. want to achieve what they've done. So I was being inspired by lots of people and saying, oh, OK, that person's doing that. That person's doing that. That person's doing that. But rather than picking one thing and focusing, I wanted what all three people have done all at the same time, all within the same year. So that's where, <laughs> that's a scenario that we was in. So you wrote, yeah. you wrote a word on the piece of paper and said, that says one thing, and that's overwhelm. And yeah. when you're in a position of overwhelm, are you really going to achieve any of this? You could end up in 12 months time having achieved none of this. How would you guys feel as a couple? How would you feel harms in a relationship having done all of, wanting to do all of that and achieve none of it? What would that feeling be like? That was yeah. that was where we left us, yeah. And I think the other thing was that had those goals been set and those businesses been set to be running over, say, four years, it would have had a different feel. My, my concern whenever I'm talking to somebody, particularly when they're setting goals and they're married or in a relationship, is what's the impact on your relationship? And I think that was a question I asked at the time. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a really important one for anyone listening right now, is you might be thinking, oh, you know what, my partner doesn't see things the same way as I do. I'm just going to get out there. I'm going to build this. I'm going to do this. Yes, this is about fulfilling my desires but if you're in a partnership with somebody else and you start pursuing that what you're starting to place is more importance on that than the relationship now it may be that you still love your partner you want to be with him or her but if you're spending and consuming huge amounts of time and emotional energy on those other areas then you have to accept that something else will go out of balance and in fact on our those of you that have had a chance to come and join us on the growth tribes inside the vault uh, there's a section, there's a whole series of videos in the vault on life balance. And something I talk about a lot there is if you're going to get balance in your life, and I'm not sure I completely agree with the word balance, by the way, because I think nothing is ever purely in balance because that means it would be static. There's a, there's a place where everything is moving, but it's juggling those things in such a way that you feel more in balance is what happens if your relationship becomes so compromised, but you've gone out and made yourself an extra half a million that year, but now you come home to an empty house because you got so overwhelmed doing your pursuit of your goals that you didn't actually keep that other area of your life in balance or your health or your kids, for example. So this whole thing about goal setting has to be taken in context with everything else that's in your life. Again, I'm checking in with you to see if that makes sense. And I think that links perfectly with the fact that it 
if I was comparing myself to somebody else, I have no context of their life. I, I mm-hmm. haven't lived under their roof. I haven't lived in their shoes. So because I have no context of their life, you know, they could be single. They could have a different relationship dynamic. They could have no children at a certain time or they could have their children could have been mature. So they've suddenly got a whole bunch of free time. Uh, they could have a different capital starting position, uh, all sorts of scenarios that could be. But the, the key here is I don't have any context of their life. So why was I competing for what they had in the first place? Why was I competing to achieve what they achieved? And I think that's that's almost another common mistake that I've been Great. through personally, but I've also seen now uh, in other students that come through uh, growth tribes, total transformation. This is a sort of common thing that we're seeing. Yeah, and I mean, you're in this, this is your field as well. Social media, I, I mean, to me is jumping out at me straight away as you're talking because younger people now, the competition is less about somebody they met in their workplace or somebody that they know through a friend because the workplace is limited. You know, I remember going into the workplace and there might have been 20, 30 people you're mixing with. Most of them have got their heads down. Occasionally you hear somebody's got a new car or went on a holiday and you go, oh God, that's amazing. Man, we should do that. But now you've got access to your phone to thousands of people. Someone's in the Bahamas, someone else is in Barcelona, someone else is in the Maldives, someone else is with their beautiful partner. And you're seeing little snapshots but what appears to be an idyllic life, albeit you didn't see the shitty argument before that or the problems they had getting there or the amount of debt they'd gone into to get to that holiday or whatever. So the competition now has become with vir- the virtual world. And I'm not, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to be observational here because this is not so much my world as it is your world, but people literally hang out now online. That's how they compete. That's how they compare. That's how they make a frame of reference to what their life is on a daily basis. Yeah, well, because 20 people in the office has now turned into 2,000 people on your uh, social media newsfeed. It's, t- it's turned into uh, 200 adverts a day. It's turned into 200,000 um, people just in your local area just using uh, a social media app, all showing their version of their life at a moment in time uh, without any context. And I think without any context is the key word here because it creates a... And if you're not, and I think what what Rose is really trying to say is just be self-aware enough to understand what's what's your life uh, like and what's the context of your life versus somebody else and not trying to build your life based on somebody else's life. And if you, you know, this links very much with marketing power, big brands, big companies, designer brands, people who want you to spend money uh, on consumables rather than investments out there they are marketing on these platforms as well. So now everybody's competing to be wearing the latest brand that appears at the highest level, whereas previously that was left for a select few, maybe one out of the 20 people in the office, but now 2,000 people want to be seen looking like this, feeling like this. It's amplified. Everything's on, it's almost like on steroids. The population is on steroids when it comes to the feeling of competition. What do you, th- I mean, okay, let me, I'm going to just swing this around to you. I know we're in goal setting, but just what do you think is going on? What do you notice? What do you, I mean, you've, you've transitioned through this to the point where your emotional development has gone beyond that state of thinking now, but what is consuming people right now in this, in this space? Because most people's lives are, it's, it's almost a case of the goals being set now based on what they see someone else doing out there, whether it's a flash image from a, Instagram or a flash image from a Facebook uh, uh, message they put up there. What, what do you think is driving young people at the moment in that sort of age group, the 25 to 30, 30 sort of age group? I, I think it's, I think it's a, a 
potentially the way, and if I'm being just raw with this, the way these applications are designed, the way they are, uh, the way they trigger certain parts of us as human beings, uh, it triggers almost, it's, it's almost an automatic instinct that's triggered within us, uh, a fight or flight mode, that sort of instinct right. is triggered in us. And when that's happening on a continuous, continuous basis, it it becomes an addiction. And then when you're addicted to something, which is essentially what we are, you know, if I was to be very self-critical, I'm addicted to my social media. But then it's the next level of that is what are you actually consuming? What's actually being inputted mm. into your mind? And what's being inputted is brands, um, people who look absolutely beautiful online, people who have filtered images, filtered lives. And that leaves you. And then, so when you close the app, you know, okay, say you just shut down your app. I've got my mobile phone with me here. I've just closed down my app. But then I'm sitting in my room and, you know, the lighting's, you know, pretty, it's pretty dim at the moment. The lighting, uh, if you're, if you're based in London at this time of the year, 2019, it's not a snowy Christmas. It's not a perfectly <laughs> idyllic Christmas that uh, yeah. the media portrays. It's actually pouring down with rain dark clouds so, dark so what you're describing here if, if i was using nlp or if we're watching a movie you just flick between this beautiful colorful it's uh, amazing image that might be on social media versus a gray dull almost grainy type movie which doesn't seem very appealing that's what you're describing so people are drawn to the one that's nice and flashy and shiny and colorful and they start to believe that's true and they believe that is how reality should be 24 7 uh, 365 days a year so that's the challenge that i think my generation face uh, and it's a it's a very tricky way to navigate and i think I, listening to podcasts like this where we can actually where they actually listen uh, to these realistic concepts that i have realistic time frames uh, don't compete uh, with others don't ego set goal set based on the context <laughs> of your life and what you want from for your family that's important yeah, I agree. I was just about to ask the question, can I have a rant? But I think I'm allowed to have a rant on these, aren't I? <laughs> this is, this is your place. I think, so, I think so, if we limit it to two per episode, that's maximum. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, my, my biggest rant, if you're listening to this now, is just stop for a frigging minute and ask yourself the question, did I need to spend that last 25 minutes watching a celebrity's life on fucking social media? Did I need to spend all this time discovering what they just did in their holiday resort in Lake Gala or whatever it is? Or do I did I need to spend that time watching those images and listening to or listening to that um, that news article about the fact that they spent 25 minutes walking on the beach holding hands? What happened there? You know, did they kiss or not? Why are you spending your time? And if this, I'm talking to somebody that's listening to this, it might be have a friend that's doing it or a partner that's doing it or they might find themselves doing it why are you spending your time consumed by other people's lives when you could be sat there actually goal setting your own life deciding that you want to be on that beach deciding that you want to take the time to go and do these things but a, pr a proper plan as opposed to some sort of virtual image in your mind i'll get there eventually or borrowing money to go and do that holiday coming back and then showing all the images but now I have to pay the debt off by being in a job now for another 24 months paying it back whereas you can actually set goals to create wealth set goals to generate a passive income set goals to offer a service to people and do something to generate the lifestyle of your own efforts and I think it's a fa it's a massive distinction I wouldn't even like to add up the number of hours I think you did it once on one of our other podcasts mm. that people spend just being consumed by other people's lives yes be inspired but make it a snapshot go i really like the idea of that you know what i'm going to put that on my bucket list 
that's going to require £16,000 to go and do that holiday. Let me work out a plan. Let me set goals to put a business in place to pay for that. The same with my daughter at the moment is absolutely, this uh, Savannah, obsessed with getting back to the Maldives. We were there earlier in the year. And she's written out all these different steps and what she would need to do to find ways to pay for that trip. She could wash cars. She could make um, uh, cloth dolls and sell them on YouTube. She's got, you know, yeah, she's nice. setting herself goals. So... It, it's a fine line between being obsessed with by watching other people's lives on the social media versus setting very clear goals on how to achieve your own aspirational dreams. And I think that ties perfectly into a actual process. So if somebody's listening to this and says, right, Ro, Harms, we are now ready to mm. set goals. Tell me a process. Tell me a system. How can I actually implement this this year? And also, if you're listening to this and you've set goals in the past and you use a system, you may want to listen in and say, actually, I want to tweak this and that as part of my goal setting, because I've been goal setting now for seven, eight years. And every single year I've made tweaks in in regards to the system and the process. And there's no doubt once I hear Rose 10 steps that I'm going to be making tweaks to my goal setting uh, for this year going into 2020. Yeah, I mean, try and put this in context. I started goal setting, I guess, when I was uh, late teens early 20s when I was doing a lot of personal development reading one of the early books I read was called The Magic of Thinking Big phenomenal book uh, and, th- and that period there was there was a lot going on in the uh, early 80s Tony Robbins was out there doing stuff on what I think he called it RPM that was one of the systems then you had uh, you had all the big uh, I mean I remember Zig Ziglar doing stuff each of the big speakers even Les Brown had their own different way of getting a message across and I don't think there's a right or wrong you've got to go with what feels right for you so by no means is this a definitive process it works for me and it's worked for a lot of people I've worked with you might find you take elements of it I'm going to just bullet point this actually I'll number them I'll go from one to ten and then maybe we can jump in on on a couple of ones that are more important so should I just go through them step by step quickly first Um, is that the best thing uh, yes, please. Have you run through what, what typically you would use as your goal setting process or what you recommend for, for clients? Okay. Just fly through them. And then after, yeah. you know, afterwards, I might say, actually, Ro, can we just expand on one or two of those items just for the context of t- for time? And for those listening at home, whatever Ro goes through, I will plug onto the show notes, which are growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. And, you know, all the show notes are always there for the listeners of this podcast. And actually, just to say, those of you that are either joining us or have joined us in the Growth Tribes community, feel free to come into there and talk about your goals. Because one of the things that we can do is if you have something compelling enough, I can jump on and do some coaching with you in the same way I did with Harminder and his wife when they just sat around a dinner table. And even though I'd known them for a long time, it was just they needed to sound off somebody that's that little bit older that could just see some things that they couldn't see. So by all means, if you want to apply this process and come and join us in the, in the Growth Club community, I'd be more than happy to just give some input into your goals as well. OK, so the 10 steps are as follows. Number one is you've got to put yourself into the future. In other words, fast forward to the end result of what you're looking to achieve. Now, it could be six months. It could be a week. And by the way, this process isn't going to happen over five minutes because there's 10 steps. So even if you apply a minute to each one, that's 10 minutes. And it's, it's going to take way more than a minute for some of these. And, if, so, and got to, so if somebody's listening at home and thinking, oh, well, this sounds like a, already sounds like a tough process. <laughs> well, this is the plan. This is a plan for the next exactly. 12 months. So if, if it takes you 12 days for 12 months, is it worth exactly. it? If it takes you 12 hours for 12 months, is it worth it? So that's the way you've got to put 
what what you spend your time into. So right before I just wanted to jump in there because I've you know in the past I've felt like oh gosh is this is this oh, worth well, me doing right. it, that extra extra bit of effort? But then when I compare it to the result it's going to give me, hey, I've got a plan now. I've got a direction for the next twelve months. So I think it's really well. And me and my wife to give you some context, we sort of block out three and four days during December uh, and sometimes prior to that to do to work through processes like this. So I think it's massively yeah. important. Preparation, 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 preparation. That's what this is about. And if you can, this first step is, I'll probably jump back into this a little bit later, actually. Uh, but the first step is so important. You put yourself into the future. So I'll bullet point these to start with, and I'll just keep it simple. Then you can ask me to elaborate on any ones you think are worth looking at. Okay. You have to go into the future and imagine yourself at that point, having achieved the goal, we use the word goal, but whatever the, you want, to, another label might be aspiration, um, have a, having achieved that. And you've got to ask yourself the question more than anything is how does it feel? 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 If I'm now sat there 12 months from today and I've, I've achieved this goal, what are the feelings attached to it? And that's not just about the feelings attached to the actual experience of the goal having achieved it. But who you were in the process and how did it feel to get to that point? I'll come back and maybe elaborate on this in a bit. The other thing, is, of course, is what would you um, like to physically have achieved at that point as well? So this is about me and you sitting on a rocking chair in 12 months time, Harms, and saying, right, you know what? This is what I've achieved over this last year. This is what I set myself on. And you know what? This is how it feels. So that's the first one. Second one, step two, is get clarity. Now, having seen this big colorful as you described a few minutes ago um, lacking in detail image but it's just a big image the next thing is get clarity what exactly is it you're looking to achieve at that point is how it feels it's what i'd like to achieve but specifically what what did you need to have achieved what is the goal let's be really clear is it a number is it a set of things you have to have achieved? Is it a certain amount of money you have to raise and a certain number of kids that you needed to have fed is it a, a in your relationship is it to be more connected and to have a more passionate intimate relationship what is it be absolutely clear because the vision is great and that's where most people go wrong they go i've got this amazing vision and suddenly they just get on and start doing stuff but they haven't got the clarity because how will you know you've got there it's the same thing with the boat we're on the boat now again you and i and i go mm. right we're going to this island and you go okay right right we're going to an island but there's like 20 islands around us okay well it's an island with trees Okay, right. Well, that rules out five of the islands because five of the islands are basically just barren, but that still leaves us with another bunch of islands. So the clearer I am and I describe it to you, the easier it's going to be for you to get to the island that we need to get to. So yeah, because if, because if we get there, so I, I love that analogy. So we get there, uh, say, say after 12 months, we get to the island row and you say, Palms, we're at the island. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't look like the island we spoke about 12 months ago. Right. Um, so the, the clarity is essential. Uh, exactly. And, and it's, a, it's a very, very frustrating feeling when you get to uh, an end destination that you set yourself in life and you go, ah, this doesn't quite feel the way I want it to feel. And that's another problem with goal setting is people set the goals without really going to the end first and getting that vision and then understand the clarity needed to get there. Then step three is, on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you? One is, eh, I'm just doing it because Dr. Owen Harms told me to do this. Or 10 is, I'm going to freaking work, do whatever it takes. I'm absolutely committed. Usually eight, nine or a 10 are going to get you there. Six and seven are borderline. Five is it's unlikely. It's just a nice feeling you want to have. So start considering what level of commitment you are at. 
in order to get to that. And this is where you might find if you set yourself five or six or seven goals for the year, it's a good place to check in and go, uh, you know, what? on a scale of one to 10 of those seven goals, four of them, I'm an eight, a nine and a 10. But the other three, I'm probably a five or a six. This is when you can start to thin down and tighten up your goal setting. Does that make sense? I'll just stop there for a minute just to check in with you. Is that making sense? That makes sense. Because say, for example, you had to write seven goals for this year. Every single goal had a score of eight to nine. Mm. Uh, then you've got to ask <sighs> yourself the question is, hang on a minute, is that, I yes, I'm committed, but can I realistically achieve all seven of these yes. in the time frame that I gave? And typically we're talking about a 12 month. They, they can be shrinked and extended, but that's unrealistic. You know, you, you just have to yes. you know, you have to sit with a coach and the coach will say, uh, I think, what, what would you say, Ro, the, the, a, a better coach would actually then start saying, trying to ask thin deeper down, questions. Ask yeah. deeper questions. Uh, what, yeah, you, what, I mean, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. I think that is a very good point in the process to check in with somebody else externally who go, well, okay, so let me ask you a question then. So you're, you've set this goal, so you're prepared to work two extra hours an evening on this particular project. You've got another six projects. Uh, you, you're happy to give up your time away from your kids. You probably have to do some weekends on that, sleep less, and the social part of your life will have to compromise for that particular. How does that sound? And you go, oh, okay, right. Yeah, it was a nine. Actually, hmm. the minute you start to get even a slight inkling of doubt whether you can achieve that, you're going to move from a nine down to probably a six. So we have to ask very brutal questions to thin. Because if you said to me, I've got seven goals this year. I'm 10 out of 10 in every single one of them. I'm married. I've got two kids. and I run a job and I've got two businesses. I'm going to go, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> So brutal questions coming are number three. Makes sense. And now we're on number four. Number four is working backwards. Now, this is really important. Working backwards is the contrarian approach for a lot of people. Most people just go plowing into their goals. Right, here's what we're going to do this week, Harms. We're going to, we're going to shoot across northeastly for five minutes, and then we're going to get the boat to turn into a different direction then. And all we do is keep tacking backwards and forwards, but we haven't got an end result. And you're going, yeah, but Ro, we're going left here. We're going right here. We're going left here. We're sailing for 10 minutes here. But we haven't looked up to see where we're going. And I go, oh, yeah, good point, actually. Whereas had we worked backwards, we could have mapped out the route. So the working backwards is literally, I'll come back to this in a moment, is understanding the steps that were necessary throughout the 12 months, if it's a 12-month goal, in order to get to the end result. But we don't work from the start. We work from the end. And I think if it's okay, I'd like to come back. That's one of my kind of highlighted ones I'd like to yeah, come I, back I, to. Yeah, I just made a note and said, okay, can we just expand on that one? Because that's a, that's a, that sounds uh, like a useful one because it's not common. No. Um, step five is, okay, so now you've got your goal set. Now we need to start putting projects in place. So a project for each of those goals. A goal is simply an idea in your mind and a, and a place you'd like to get to. We've now got to wrap a title around that, and I call it projects. You can call it department if you want. This is my health department. This is my relationship department. I just like the term projects because within a project, I can have sub-projects as well. So I need to establish what that project title is. I want to give it a sexy name. I think you and I have talked about this before, but give it something that makes it feel exciting. And then inside of the project, which might be project charity, for example, helping the kids, what are the subcategories? What are the sub-projects that need to take place? So one of the sub-projects, if I'm going to go and say feed a thousand kids next year, is uh, one project might be uh, raising funds. Another project might be finding the right team to have around me. So one is funds, one is team. And then another project might be uh, finding the right course, for example, or working with the right charities. So I would have sub projects inside of that. And I have to do that because if we don't do it and break it down, it just feels overwhelming. 
which so, is why businesses have departments. They, they would have exactly. lots of departments, a marketing department, a sales yep. department, operations, HR, because without those departments, it's like, wow, it would just be chaos. Yeah. And I think the good thing here is you can start to use language that we're familiar with in the career, in the work, in the business place, which is project management. So who's the project manager for this part? So I've got here's my goal for the year. But who's the project manager for that? It might be me. It might be that I've got somebody else helping me with that. So it gives us a chance to start to go to step six, which is who needs to be involved and what do they need to do? And this is a I think this is a massive mission for a lot of ego driven people, ego goals that we talked about, ego setting, which is I don't need anybody else. I can do it on my own. Whereas actually the beautiful thing about step six is who do I need to have around me when I set my goals this year to expand my own brand, to get out there and start to get the Dr. Rowe name out there and working with Grow Tribes to expand that. I knew that I needed to have you there because your skill set is social media. Your skill set is business online. You know, you and the team from B Street have now taken what we've done with Grow Tribes to a whole different level. So I, I could not have done that on my own. So part of that was, and, and again, who do I need to have is a good question actually at this point, Harms, is do, do I want that person to be someone that's going to work with me, work for me, or going to be a partner on this? Very important. Not talked about that before, but that, maybe we come back to that one as well. Touch on that. Fantastic. Okay, so step seven is focus. Now I need to focus down. Where do I put my time, my effort, and, and when? So I'm going to focus on project A, project B, and project C this week. I'm going to spend three nights a week on this and uh, over the next month, and I'm going to put one night onto each one of these projects. I won't pick up the next projects until I've done the first month. So it's focusing, 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 focus, which then moves on to step seven, which is commitment. It's actually putting the work in. Can I do it? How do I do it? How many hours do I need to put in? Who needs to be involved with that? Again, going back to step six, but I, I've got the focus now. I've now got to physically put the effort in to move the inertia, break the inertia to move this forward. And I think that's where a lot of people grow. And I'll just pause to check in with you on this one. But I find a lot of younger people get really excited at the start of the process when they're goal setting. They don't have a structure like this. And they go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy this many properties. I'm going to build this much business. I'm going to go and conquer the world. I'm going to do, uh, you know, trading the stock market, writing a book, whatever it is. And then when it comes down to commitment, they're so overwhelmed. Overwhelm usually leads to a complete lack of commitment because no one knows where to start. Have you seen that? Have you witnessed that? Have you personally experienced it? So there's there's one element there. Number one is overwhelm because of the amount of choices <laughs> we have now. My ge generation, millennials and the generations uh, coming up after us, we have so much choice. But now there's also another thing I'm I'm witnessing. And you, you would have potentially seen this with your audiences as well, which is you paint the picture. You tell them what's possible. So yes. these are all the possibilities. They start to goal set and they say, okay, I want to, I want to achieve this. I want to achieve this. I want to achieve this by this time. And it's going to change my life because it's going to allow me to travel more and so on. Okay. Now it's time to make a commitment and actually do the work. And then, and then they, they sort of look at you and say, oh, what do you mean work? Uh, I have to, how much work? I have to give up weekends. I have to give up evenings to achieve these goals. Um, I have to work in my lunch hours to achieve these goals. Uh, so mm. true. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something I'll look at next year. So that's the that's the challenge that I think my generation is seeing. And I don't, I'll be honest, with you, I don't know what what the reason for that is. I don't know if we live in such a an amazing society now where everything's great. You know, security. I think it's going back to I guess human needs where we're so we're, our security was never under question. Now, so my generation are always going to have a level of security. 
uh, we're always going to have a level of financial stability, uh, not necessarily aspirational finances, but we're going to have a level of stability with all the, the way society helps us uh, in this great great country we are. And the Western society is, is, is fantastic in that sense. But I guess it's made us, and this is debatable, but I think this is where we get a lot of criticism that yeah. we're not willing to work. I think I think the other, I think it's probably a complacency as well because mm. you know when I grew up for example there was a point where if I needed money I couldn't just go get it on a credit card uh you know I, I couldn't go and borrow the money readily I had to physically go out and work for it so and and you know we always joke about this oh yeah the older generation when I was a lad I used to <laughs> go and do this and you don't know what it's like, Carmen. You can go and buy a property using other people's money, but I had to bloody save up for that. Um, but there's an element of truth in that. So it forced us to physically just get off our asses and go and do what we needed to do. Whereas now, and, and I know the term laziness comes in when they're describing millennials, but it could just be a sense of apathy. It could be a sense of comfort, you know, in a comfort zone. I think that's the word comfort. Whereas, you know, you don't, you don't have to do it. I can fall back. Everything's okay. I'm getting paid right now. When people suddenly move to commitment, it's usually when they've made a massive decision in their life and they're not prepared to go backwards and want to go forward. That's a conscious one or the, that's conscious commitment. Well, another level of commitment is where they're just forced. They've lost a job. They've lost a loved one. They've Something's happened in the family. They've seen witness somebody die in the family because of a health issue and they go, fuck this. I'm not going to live like that. And they massively make a change. That's when commitment comes in. This is singly one of the biggest challenges here in this whole process. And it is a growing issue for a lot of, I mean, we go, you come to trainings, right, with me and we go and deliver for three days on property. Now, people have to invest in themselves, 10, 15, 20,000 pounds to education. They're keyed up. They can see the value. They're going to make 10 times that from their business. But when they finally come to making the commitment to doing it, someone else around them pisses on their dreams or steals that dream or tells them you shouldn't do this or you can't do this. Or it's too expensive. The commitments there in their heads and in their heart but there's the physical commitment of actually seeing it through, which is lacking today. And I think that's partly because people are used to sat down watching stuff instead of doing it. And I know it sounds like a bit of an historical argument, but I do believe that's one of the reasons. I, I, I do believe so too. And it's, it's one of the ways where I struggle to defend my generation uh, when it comes to this specific topic. There's I can always pick out examples of people who are doing it, yeah. but they seem to be less than the majority, which, uh, which, you know, I will defend them, but, where where when justified but then the, you know the flip side to that is there are people my age group in their 50s that they feel like they're in their freaking 70s you know we see them come into the room on an event and they're sat there uh, but you don't understand i'm tired i've worked all my life so there is that as well mm. uh so i think you know i think it's a it's, it's innate in all of us because by equilibrium we get to a point where we'd rather sit down and relax and sometimes yeah. get up and do something but it's the same thing with grow tribes we get people come through and they really love this and they'll come to the page, they'll go to the booking page and they'll go, oh, right, yeah, yeah, there's a community here, great. And I think we've got like a crazy offer at the moment, which is like a pound for a month. And I'm thinking a pound to get into a community where people will support you, you get access to hours and hours of unbelievable content and tools. And then the commitment just wavers a little bit because they think, oh my gosh, well, what, does that mean I have to talk in that environment? Do I have to do something? Do I have to commit to something? Do I have to get engaged and the answer is no you don't you could watch it for a month or two and just learn but that little question mark that comes up in the head could stop them making a commitment to what is we know a life transformational experience it's the first step of 
off a phenomenal journey. It's always, it's just a first step. And that's often where it's most challenging. Same, bringing it back to goal setting, where it's exactly the same principle. Sometimes the goals will feel audacious. Sometimes they will feel out of reach. Yes. But by working through the system, the first step, I mean, you know, we, we launched a new business last year, which is a tweak of what we currently do, but it was a, a different factor. And that the first step was probably the hardest. But had we have not done it, we wouldn't be doing what we do now. So it's, you know, I guess if there's a message here, it's the first step requires the greatest level of commitment because yeah. it's stepping into the unknown. And that's going to be the case with many of your goals because they're going to be, uh, you know, it, whether it's, you know, for example, bringing it away from wealth, bringing it to health, maybe you want to run a marathon next year. Now, that first run, you know, I started running this year, Ro, and the first mile, oh my God, it was painful. Yeah. And and it's and that's just the, that's just the reality of it. But unless I made that commitment to put those running shoes on and start running, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, we had the same thing. I've just driven three days, nearly 2,000 kilometers across Europe, and we arrived late last night. I was up till two o'clock this morning uh, editing a video for us, uh, you know, some of the stuff we we're doing internationally. I got up this morning, uh, had a phone call. Uh, with the head of a company just to do with speaking and then I just said right I've got to get out for a run so I went for a run I did it's cold pissing it down wet but my backside has been sat in a car for three days I had to do something and I knew if I could just get out the door and start running even though it's raining and it was drizzly it didn't matter I was doing it and that's the challenge it's the do I go out to the cold or do I stay here where it's warm and the problem is when we stay and do something that's warm and comfortable we usually reward ourselves with a hot drink a movie or something else. So we're rewarding the very thing we shouldn't be rewarding ourselves for. We should be rewarding ourselves for the things that we do that are uncomfortable. But that's another conversation for another day. We should actually make that a point of conversation for a podcast, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's, na- it's naturally opened up. It's cracking. It's actually something we've not talked about before, Harms, but actually it's something I see fundamentally that most people do wrong is when they decide they're going to do the thing they've set themselves to do, I'll do it next week. For now, I'll just have a week and I'll just chill. They then go and massively reward themselves for that week for doing fuck all. It's, <laughs> it's like the people say, I'm going to start a diet next week and then they go and binge, they drink, they get <laughs> Something fundamentally wrong there, but that's a that's a whole different conversation. Different conversation. So, so we're step nine. So we step, so nine. We've, step nine is be smart. The, so yeah, create a commitment. Yeah, step you've nine. got a commitment, but now you've got to get smart. So step nine is get smart, be smart, be smart in the actions you do, be smart in the people you put around you, be smart in the in the thinking that you and the way you manage your time. Every time you have a choice, ask yourself a simple question: Is it smart here that I go and do something that moves me away from my goals, or is it smart that I do something that moves me towards my goals? Is it smart to sit here and watch TV for the next three hours, or is it smart to switch the freaking TV off and go and spend the next three hours doing what I committed to doing? So the smart element is about asking smart questions in that moment to make sure that you get to step ten, which is momentum, and that is keeping doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep doing it again and again and again and again. Little steps. Just keep working towards it. The momentum is absolutely essential because the problem is people start. It's like January's coming up soon. First 18 days of January, people go to the gym, they eat healthy, they juice because health is a goal they set themselves. But then they don't keep the momentum going. And then slowly those little momentum steps stop to a point where they've just go, oh, yeah, I set myself a goal beginning of the year. I must do that next year. But for now, what I'll do is I'll eat shit and I'll just chill out. But I'll do exercise next year. (laughs) So momentum is really about consistently achieving the goals you set, which is why the project management is so important, because the project management can break those down into smaller steps. So just doing one step moves you closer. Another step before you know it, you've got to the end end result. So a great book there is uh, Slight Edge 
Slight Edge principle. So that's yes. a great book there. Which, Jeff, which Jeff almost, Olson. Jeff Olson. And there's another one uh, out there in the market called The Compound Effect. Yes. Both similar topics, but just go see which one resonates with you. Yeah, very good. So there are 10 steps. I, I was supposed to go through this quickly, but I ended up... <laughs> Amazing. And I, I jumped in because there were some parts where I thought, oh, this is this is uh, applicable and I, I think I can add additional layers of value here. So that's amazing row those are the 10 steps for those who are listening at home they will be put onto the show notes and you can find that at www.growthtribes.com forward slash podcast so it's simple as that growthtribes.com forward slash podcast and those will be in the show notes but Ro, you said there was a couple that you wanted to touch upon and if mm. i can start first and pull out the one that just just jumped at me immediately and i wanted to ho- hold it till this part of the podcast which is put yourself into the future so this is step number one put yourself yeah. into the future and ask yourself the question how does it feel and mm. that in itself is quite contrarian because you know having gone through the process myself often people uh, the advice that's given with goal setting is the first thing to do is what would you like to achieve what do you want to achieve comes there and often sometimes people don't even speak about the feeling um, and I fall into this True. trap many times I, when, you know, even we, we've achieved certain goals at the end of the year and it just hasn't, it's just like, okay, great. We achieved that. Awesome. We had another 500 pound passive income to the portfolio this year. Cool. That's, that's great. Uh, why am I not feeling fantastic about it? So what, what, what can you expand on there? Because not, not many people are talking about the f- attaching a feeling to the goal. Yeah, I think that's because goal setting as a philosophy is actually very left brain. It's like, right, we're going to stay on paper what we want to achieve. Then we're going to logically work through step by step the plan. Yes, let's do that. Okay, so tomorrow when we wake up, we're going to set the alarm clock for 630 and we're going to spend the first half an hour writing the content for my book. And it all becomes very left brain. But so let me ask you a question. when have you had a situation, whether it's that example there with a property portfolio or something else, when have you noticed, Harms, that you've kind of got to the end result and you've gone, hmm, didn't feel quite the way I wanted it to feel? Can you think of a time? And if so, what were in your mind and in your heart, why didn't it feel quite the way you were expecting it to feel? Because that's the key point to this process. Uh, if I'm looking back on the goals that I've set in the last couple of years, the thing that stands out is and I finally, I feel like I finally got to a point where I actually feel great with t- the type of routine I have, which is exercise. Okay, yeah. So nice. I've, I've, and I, and I think it's quite a good one for listeners because it's quite a common one, which is health. Health is a very high value on my value list on what I, what I resonate most most with. But I've had all sorts of stuff on my goal list in the past, which is, for example, okay, I want to be doing yoga twice a week. Okay, I want to hit the gym three times a week and do resistance training. Uh, I want to try this particular activity uh, and then never really stuck to it. So I was doing lots of exercise routines, div- trying lots of different things, circuits at the gym. So joining a group of people and I tried lots of things just to get myself exercising because I'm naturally resistant to it until I started running. And the feeling I get from that is a completely different fe- feeling, joyous. It doesn't feel like I'm having to force myself to do this so at the end of the year i've looked at my exercise goals in the past and thought oh yeah great i mean i went to the gym three times a week but well that was a struggle you know i felt like a struggle yoga class yeah it was cool but it wasn't very social only about four or five people turn up to that class it wasn't really fun so that's what that's from personal experience so right bingo so that's that's an just, example so to jump in there you just put your finger on it 
By the way, there's a great book called Born to Run, if you haven't read it. And I'm Love that. to you as well. Okay, you have read it. Okay, so yeah. that, I mean, that's a fantastic example of why we naturally evolved to, to get a flow and, and our spirit definitely goes into a flow when we're running. Um, but that's a side conversation. So so the thing here is, it's you just described exactly that, is that you have to achieve that goal and know that the feeling leading up to that was right. So what I'm saying here when I describe this is when you're sitting there, I always talk about rocking on a bench or on a rocking chair in the future. When you're sitting there, how did it feel leading up to that point? You might have achieved an amazing financial goal at the end of the year and you still don't feel quite on center. And you say to me, you know what, Ro? Yeah, I did make an extra million this year, but my relationship is on the rocks. Uh, my health was compromised because I had to work so many hours. I hardly got any sleep over the last four or five months. And on top of all of that, I, I literally missed most of my kids' social events, schooling events, whatever it is this year. But man, I made a million, but it doesn't feel right. That's because what you've done is you've had a goal which is so exclusive to that end result. It didn't take into account all the other elements of your life that need to fit in around that or into it or alongside it. And I have to be careful even the wording I'm saying there because it's not about fitting into it. It should be that your goal fits in alongside everything else that's important to you. So this feeling is the only way to measure it. And this is the problem. When, when we start off at the beginning of a goal setting exercise, we get excited by the idea of achieving the goal. Well, that's that's a fantastic feeling at the start of the year, but it is no measure of the actual true experience of having done it and having put all the fucking working through the whole year. So it's really important to just literally stop and in your mind and in your heart and your soul, do a visualization. If you've never done one, there's a great one that we've got in the Grow Tribes called Meet Your Ancestors. And if you go into the vault, those of you that are in the vault already, go and have a look. But it's a guided visualization. Those of you that haven't, you should go and get yourself involved with that because that guided visualization takes you into the future. It sort of takes you back in the past as well. But it gives you a chance to get a sense of the feelings that you have around anything that you're aiming towards. And if you can get those feelings now, you can ask yourself some really sensible questions. Oh, shit. How would it feel if I did not sleep as much? How would it feel if I didn't um, spend as much time at work? How much? Would, what I'm trying to say is that all the different elements that lead to that point in the future, you've got to measure them now. Am I making sense, Hans? Because it's, it's quite a complex process. It's not as simple as just going, right, oh, yeah, that could feel good. It's saying, okay, here I am, and I've just made a million quid this year. How was my relationship as a result of that? Let me just think about that for a minute. What would have had to have been compromised there? How was my health? How was my relationship with my kids? How was my general overall well-being? And you have to ask those questions in association with the goal. It's not just about the result, but the feeling of that. That makes sense, Well, And if, if I was to just tag on to the example I gave. So if I had actually used this example, which is why I've highlighted it, that I wanted to, to expand on it, is the feeling. And if I said, okay, if I imagine myself in 12 months time, having gone to the gym to pump some iron, pump some weight three times a week, four times a week, it meant yeah. an hour ago. And I, you're just here, if you're listening to this, you're just here. The, the, the way I'm describing it almost gives it away. But okay, I've, I've got to spend an hour getting to the gym, find parking. Then it takes me five to seven minutes to get to the locker room, change up. Okay, now I've got to wrestle to for a piece of gym equipment because it's always quite busy at the time I'd go. Uh, great. Now let me do 45 minutes watching the clock to make sure I get home in time for dinner. Right. Great. Uh, shower up. Okay, great. Now okay, I feel like I've spent three hours at the gym uh, for my evening, uh, three times a week, 365 years, 
then I would ask myself the question, just like you said, where was, and I will probably giving it away just by the way I'm describing it. Yeah. But the, the question I would ask myself is, okay, uh, with those, am I happy to give up three hours, three times a week? Um, is there another place I would feel happier uh, in terms of getting the health yeah. box ticked? Like, those are the questions I, I should have asked myself. Instead, I went through it. And this is why we want you to avoid this. I, if you're listening to this, I want you to avoid this. And you can do that just by planting yourself and 12 months in the future, visualizing what the next 12 months has in store for you, what you've got to do, who you've got to interact with, how much work's involved, and actually be realistic and say, do I want to do that? Um, yeah. Am I doing it for the right reasons? I think you've, I think you've nailed it there with that description because this is. There are other people who would love that. They live for that. They live. Mm. For, you, know, I, you know, when I go to the gym, I see guys that are there regularly and they're loving it, and that's part of their lifestyle and who they are, their identity. Fantastic. So that fits in around their goal, their vision for what they want. But for someone that's making it part of their health regime alongside everything else they're doing, it might be there's a different type of exercise that you feel. In your case, you found running at the moment that gives you the feeling that you want, as well as the sense of health as well. So that that that's really that part one there is absolutely vital. But it does. Can I just jump to another one that I think is important in the list that I gave earlier? Yes, please. Yeah. So so that kind of ties into the step four. Step four is working backwards. So to help you try and logically, for those of you that don't quite get this and need some logic behind this. Think of it this way. In order for Harms to achieve a certain physical exercise goal or health goal, certain things would have had to have happened in the month preceding that. If for somebody else to achieve a certain financial goal by the end of the year, the month preceding that, they would have had to have achieved another level of goal to set them up for the final goal in the end of the year. For someone else that's got a relationship area they want to work on, they want to improve their relationships and maybe have more connection with their partner or have more experiences with their partner, something would have happened to have happened the month before. So you can work backwards. Think of it as 12 chapters in a book, 12, part, 12 um, parts of a movie, however you want to phrase it. I like to use the concept of a book. So each chapter leads you to the end of the book. So when you look at the end of the year or the end of your goal period, you go back. If we're doing a 12-month one, you go back. What's the chapter before? It's chapter 11. That's November. What would have had to have happened in that chapter to prepare us for chapter 12? Then you go back to chapter 10. What would have had to happen in October, i.e. in chapter 10, in order to prepare us for chapter 11, which then prepares us for chapter 12? So the beautiful thing about this process is we can do a big emotional feeling exercise in part one. How would it feel? And then you can start to say, well, actually, there's certain things need to have had to have happened. Step four in the process is the logical working backwards. So then we get to chapter one, which is January. What needs to happen in January in order for me to get to that big goal in 12 months? But I don't make the leap. I go from chapter one into chapter two, into chapter three, which is March into April. So that comes down to the project planning, which is obviously step five. So does the working backwards make sense, Hans? Because a lot of people don't do that. They, they tend to work forward into their goals, whereas I always work backwards. And that's the engineer coming out on you. So that's, yeah. a, that's a great way to apply principles that work so well in, you know, writing a book, you know, working from what's the end purpose of this book and then creating the book from that, from building a building, renovating a project, you know, you're reverse engineering it. So that's, I think it makes total sense because what the most common thing is, Ro, is to work forward. Okay, so I want to I want to do that next month. Okay, I want to do that that in February, that in March. Whereas if you work backwards, also what I feel the benefit here is is that you take a large goal which feels large at the moment on paper, and then you're shrinking it down 
chapter by chapter, which is way more attainable. It's way more achievable. Yeah. And think of chapters as, you know, if, if it's a, a, for example, if you've got a one month goal, you could have four chapters. If you've got a one week goal, you could have seven chapters. That's just seven days. And I like it because it, every great book naturally leads into the next chapter. You're, you're hanging on the next part. What happens next in this book? What's the next chapter? And that's your goal. So these are your projects. You start to do that. And that's why, to me, one and four are absolutely vital. There's one other element I just want to do because I'm conscious of time. But Is it number um, six? Because I had that written down. Yes. Yeah, because you, nice. I noticed you. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I made a note as well. You, so, so it's the who and the what. So who do you need? This is the thing. Everybody, uh, and that's why I mentioned, made reference to yourself. Everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, you will need people along the way. Most goals that you set yourself, particularly if they're project-based goals where there's a lot more involved, you will need key people involved. So I always ask the question, who are the people that know more than I do, that have a better skill set than I do, or who I trust enough to bounce off that I can go to and say, right, in order for me to hit this goal, I need your help. And I'm either going to pay you because I'm going to pay for your services or uh, we're going to work together. So it might be you're doing this and you're, you're sharing some of the profits in this, or it could be that you're a business partner in this with me and so you're coming into this and we're going to share the load in certain ways. But that's about removing the ego from the process and saying, right, I am I'm good at a lot of things, but I'm not great at certain things. And I need people around me that are great at certain things to make it even easier. And then the question behind that is, what do I need from them? Because I, the more specific I am about who they are, but what they can do for me, I can just say, look, John, I know you're brilliant at this, this and this, but this project I'm on, this is where I need your skill set. For example, with the kids, you're amazing at working with specific groups of kids. Would you be prepared to come out into the street with me? Um, I can do this. I can raise the money in X. But, but if we went to these charities with your skill set, I think we could get in the door and we could really help them out. Would you be open to doing that? So it's finding out who you know that has a certain skill set and then talk to them about what is needed from them in order for that to be part of your goal process. Now, look, it's not going to always be there. You're not always going to need people all the time. But if you can preempt it, and let them know in advance because they've got their own goals. They've got their own projects. If they can't be involved, I mean, you know, we had this conversation 24 hours ago, Harminda, because Harms is looking at um, other projects at the moment alongside a couple of big projects I'm doing with him. And I simply ask him the question as a friend, as a coach, do you have the bandwidth to do all of these things? Because if you don't, I'm more than happy to step back a little bit and see if I can find somebody else to step in on that role. Do you remember that conversation we had literally 24 hours ago? 24 hours ago. Yeah. yeah. Great question. Um, and it was and it was me in the same process here. I just said to myself, wow, I think what Harms is doing is great. The only concern I've got is that we've got a goal that we've got together. And if he can't fulfill that right now, let me see if I can find someone to step in while he does the other things, because he can always step back in later on. And that's why this is so important. If I hadn't have had that conversation in my head, we might have hit a brick wall in two months where you go, shit, bro, I'm, I'm totally stretched. I can't do all this. Or worse, still in a business partnership, and somebody starts dropping the ball and because it's a partnership, nothing said between the two of you until it flares up and then we should have picked this up earlier. So the who and the what do they need to do is absolutely vital part of this process. I love that. Let me give you some examples. If you're, if you're goal setting, you're thinking, okay, what do you mean by who? Who? Uh, I'm not sure who needs to be involved. I, I, I made a few notes whilst you're talking there, well, for a nice, list of people. Nice. So, so one you mentioned is business partners. You need a team around you. So it's not necessarily having to do everything yourself. You need people who are supportive around you. So this is not only 
this can be people, I think there's two layers. One, people which are directly related to that specific project and also people who can help you achieve the overall goal. So you just need people around you who are supportive, people who can hold you accountable. Uh, you, when I say supportive, you need cheerleaders, you know, people who are going to keep you going, keep you motivated. And at the same time, you also pe- need as probably a smaller trusted group of people who can be candid with you. They can ask you those really difficult questions when you may be so focused on a goal or a task that you become dis- disillusioned with the reality of things. And you need somebody to ask you some candid questions to get you back on track. Spoken about in separate podcasts, Ro, which is a coach and a mentor. Then there's episode two or three. So a coach and a mentor, if you want to know the benefits of them to you, your goal setting or your business, go go listen to that podcast. And specific pe- professionals, you know, professionals who are directly linked to achieving a project. And then you can also budget in, create a budget planner and, and work out how that affects your cash flow for the business, how much is it going to cost for these professionals. And I think that's important. And I think there's some non-negotiable ones in there, which is you need like-minded people who are going to support you, people who hold totally. you accountable, People are also go-getters, people are inspirational, so that when you are having that day, when you're feeling like you just want to binge watch something or you want to eat a pizza, order a pizza, and you know that that's going to detract you from your goals, somebody in your community, and this is what's great about Growth Tribes, is not doing that. What they're doing is they've just said, guys, I'm feeling crap today, but I'm still going ahead and getting my goals that I set out for the beginning of the year. That then inspires other people. Uh, You may be sitting there thinking, I'm not going to binge watch this. I'm just going to spend that extra half an hour on writing my book, creating my podcast, uh, working towards my uh, property goals, business goals, uh, or it could be just hitting the gym, whatever that's uh, like I'm doing at the moment, just putting some trainers on and going for a run. So I think those are some key people who factor into the who part of the goal setting. And of course, there's going to be some niche people who are exactly directly related to your goal. It could be a personal trainer, as an example. One other thing I say, be careful about bringing people in that you use a lot that are always good at saying yes. Because the problem with people that just say yes to everything is that when you need them in the crunch point in your goal setting process, if they're yes people and they say yes to everybody, they may be very thin on the ground and may not be able to support you. And I've I've made this mistake in the past where I've gone to people that are more familiar with me and they've said yes to me because it's me, but also because that's what they do. But when we, when the push came to show and it was the crunch point, and I'm so sorry, I'm so busy, I've got three or four other things I'm doing at the moment, that's because they said yes to everybody else. So choose people carefully and be honest about the commitment that's needed and, and make sure that they're prepared to commit to you when they're needed. Otherwise, find somebody else. And it's not being disrespectful, but you've got a result to get to as well. Absolutely. And, th- and that comes out in the what part. So Rose said, step number six is who and what do they need to do? What do they need to yeah. put in place? So you have that conversation. This is what I need from you. You know, is it is it a viable thing? Is it do you have like Ro asked me 24 hours ago, do you think you've got bandwidth for this project next year? So then I have to, you know, really think about it, process it and come come to him with a, a real answer, realistic answer. So that's that's what that conversation is about. So I think that's phenomenal, Ro. So just let me just quickly do Thank a you. capture, a, a summary of what we've done so far. So we we create some, we, we had a uh, contrarian approach to the start, I guess, which is criticizing goal setting in the sense that does it really work? Uh, what kind of goal setting best suits people and the common mistakes people make when goal setting. And the big thing that jumped out to me was often people don't goal set, they ego set. So I think it's a nice phrase if you're listening at home, just to remind yourself to be goal setting, not ego setting. And then Rose walked us through the 10 steps that he uses and that he 
uh, helps his audience use and takes them to that process of goal setting. And then finally, we pulled a few out uh, which were essential. Number one is how does it feel? You know, how does those goals feel to you? Number two is working backwards. Uh, number three is who do you need around you and what do they yeah. need to do to make those goals happen? So those can are I, the things. Can I just jump in on add one last thing here? And that is yes. that the process of momentum, the step 10, is that review, it incorporates reviewing as well. So in this process of keeping momentum, it's reviewing what you've achieved, what you haven't achieved, what you did well, what you didn't do well, and then saying, right, in order to keep my momentum, what do I need to do? What do I need to tweak? Looking at the projects, do I need to drop a project? Do I need to adjust? Do I need to bring somebody new in? So under that last step, momentum, massively involved in that is the reviewing and the resetting and the readjusting of your path as well. Awesome. And I'll just make sure I tag that on onto the show notes as well. So, well, I think this has been incredible. I think there's a lot there. And I think it's a great time of the year. I know, honestly, th this should be a practice that you do often. You know, Rose just mentioned it and highlighted that very well, which is uh, reviewing. So this is not just set it and forget it. There's a, there is a review process to this. So it, it's going to be an ongoing task. And maybe me and Ro will pick up a maybe a review episode, Ro, review goal setting, uh, you know, maybe in two or three months time to check in how people are getting on with their goals as part of this system. So I think that might be uh, an idea we can cover on a future podcast episode. So what I want to leave them now with is, do you have any actions for them to take away? Because I've got a action that is a bit of a new thing that I'm going to be trialing with the listeners and sure. I want to see if they're up for up for it. So I, I okay, well, I'll answer you first. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep it brief because we've gone through quite a lot in this particular podcast and hopefully it's been valuable to people. So I'm going to give you four things I think would be really useful to take away. And if you can come back into the space with us in the Grow Tribes community and share some of this, this would be wonderful for me to see because I always like to get a sense of what people are setting for themselves and how we can be part of that process and the accountability for you as well as you move forward. So number one is what is your vision for next year? I mean, it's 2020 when we're recording this for next year, but whatever year you're listening to this, so a clear statement on paper of your vision for the for the next year ahead, a description of it, how you want to be as a person, how you want to be financially, relationships, the balance of your life. Make it a, a description of an amazing story about somebody over a year. How's that going to look? Number two, don't bullshit yourself. Don't set goals that are ego setting. Make sure that those goals are genuinely around that vision and not to prove to anyone else. I guess that's the main thing is don't set your goals to prove anything to anyone else. Just purely set your goals to fit into that vision you've just described. Number three is who do you need around you to achieve that? No one individual is an island. We've already talked about this. Start to list out the most amazing people that you can think of that you could have on your team supporting you, engaging with you to make sure you achieve that vision you've just described. And finally, what is the next step after you've done that? What would be the next first step you have to do? Is it picking up the phone to speak to somebody? Is it uh, going and talking to a business partner? Is it going and physically doing something? Is it simply just capturing your ideas on paper? But what is the next thing you can do? Because nothing is ever achieved without that first step. And that's it. Four simple actions. I think if you can do that on the back of this, you'll start to create some momentum. Over to you, Hobbs. Awesome. Thank you for that. Well, and again, those will be in the show notes. So something for me, which is actually related slash unrelated to this episode is my action is we are now coming up to our 10th episode for the growth tribes podcast so as a thank you to all the listeners we want to 
give you guys an opportunity to ask us some questions and have them answered by either myself or Ro, or we may, may both just jump on the answer if we have uh, something of value to add. There's been nine episodes, including this one, and we've hit on a range of topics from mentors and coaches, past life experiences, money topics. We've covered goal setting. We've covered anxiety. We've covered being a workaholic. So we've covered so many topics and including, uh, you know, are you ready to be a parent, which was one particularly applicable to myself. So what we want to give you the opportunity to do is ask us a question which we can answer live on a podcast like this. And if we get the questions in quick enough, we can actually construct it so that episode 10 answers your questions live, ready for the end of the year. And also a way to say thank you for uh, listening to the Growth Tribes podcast. So the simple action is this. Just head over to a brand new Instagram account, which has been set up. All you need to do is go log on to Instagram and type in the Growth Tribes podcast, a brand new uh, Instagram account. It'll have zero followers, so by all means follow it as well. But you have a choice there. You can just direct message us your question. That way it comes up with your name, it comes up with your question, and then the team will collate these questions for us, and then me and Ro will answer that live on a podcast. So let me just break that down again simply. Ask us a question on any of the topics that you've heard so far on the Growth Tribes podcast. So anything from episode one to today's episode, which is episode nine, and head over to Instagram, search The Growth Tribes Podcast. So it's at The Growth Tribes Podcast on Instagram. Head over to the direct message section uh, and DM us your question. And we look forward to answering your questions on the next episode of The Growth Tribes Podcast. As a big thank you for all the listeners. That would be amazing. I mean, for us, it gives us a chance to really interact and find out what people are asking. So that's a great idea. And I'm looking forward to that, Harms. Thank you for breaking down your 10 steps today, Ro. I've taken some notes. I'm going to be working on some of that with uh, my beautiful wife, Gina, as we start to finalize our goal setting for next year as well. That's myself and Ro signing out for this episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. Hello, it's Dr. Ro here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future, you can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.